CFYLP is sponsored by CapturedPrey.com. Visit CapturedPrey.com today for all your import and third-party Transformers needs and save even more through the Captured Prey Loyalty Program. You can also save on shipping on domestic orders of $150 or more. See website for details. CapturedPrey.com. Great toys, great prices, great service. Mega Toy Fan. Maximize your collection with MegatoyFan.com for all your vintage toy needs. You can also find Mega Toy Fan at popular robot and toy conventions year-round. Minimize your costs and maximize your collection with MegatoyFan.com. for your listening pleasure, TFYLP for short. Join us and discuss the latest in Transformers fandom. Now, where did I put that chorus start? Ratchet, can you take the chorus back? Transformers, Hello, everyone, and welcome to TFYLP, Transformers for your listening pleasure, episode number 244. Recorded April 29th, 2017. I am your host, Deron Land, a.k.a. Weird Wolf. Along with me this evening is Michael. What's up? I'm going to go out of order here. Sergio. Good evening. And a big round of applause and welcome back to our very own original TFYLP cast member, Natsume. Welcome back tonight. Thank you for having me back. I don't know if you can call me original when you guys did those episodes beforehand before it became TFYLP. Yeah, well, I mean, as TFYLP, you are an original. <laughs> just exclude, Just forget that the... The, uh, Durant, the first 24 or whatever episodes exist. No, don't forget those exist. Before but the, the reboot. Yeah, before the reboot <laughs> as TFYLP. It's when they added the lesson. It's kind of like how you omit the 13th floor on the uh, hotels and stuff. Yeah. Just pretend it doesn't exist. We omit, omit the prequels. But we, we had some uh, some great times. I remember whenever we were... Before... You were pre-YouTube era. Oh, pretty man. much. Yeah. We yeah. live. Yeah. We weren't even live. Yeah. We were uh, pre-recording via Skype. Uh, and then we uh, I'd edit it. And like a couple days later, throw it up on uh, on iTunes. And uh, I mean, so, so much has changed. Uh, I think you were... Back when we didn't even have video. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think you were around whenever we first started the video. I think. Primitive. I know you've been on a couple times since then, but it was uh, you were like in a parking lot at Target or something. <laughs> yeah, I've been in a lot of places. I've been, you know, libraries, McDonald's, Targets. <laughs> I've been. I've streamed from a couple of different places. Should we were on place for a year or so when we were doing Hangouts. Yeah. Well, like, uh, I have a friend over. I was at his house for one of them. Yeah, yeah. That, I think, was Hangouts. We were doing well, Hangouts for, like, since the second year or something like that. I think I think the last time you were on, we had our uh, 100th episode as TFYLP episode. 
I think that was the last one you were on, and you was only mm-hmm. able to be on a few minutes for that one. Uh, you and um, and Amber, which I'd, I'd like to get Amber back on here too. But uh, want to uh, welcome everybody uh, uh, to our live show. Uh, I see people popping in and saying hi. I want to say hi to Lotus Stark, Lunar uh, Fury. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, if you are watching live, you can comment on the uh, the live chat on our YouTube channel. Right now, we uh, uh, we have great little discussions and comments that goes on in there every week. Uh, awesome. Um, and also, if you love what we do, uh, check out down there on the video. Uh, you see the little little link to our Patreon at patreon.com slash TFYLP. Help us keep the lights on and uh, uh, keep things going and upgrading. I've, uh, if you notice, I've got a little thing dangling uh, down in front of me now. I've actually got a boom mic to keep the mic out of my out of my range here it's kind of nice i like that and hopefully the audio is a lot more clear on my end um but uh yeah that's just uh patreon at work um also you can check out our sponsors capturedprey.com great toys great prices great service capturedprey.com natsume actually uh is our voice of the uh, sponsors on our audio version uh even though she's been absent from the live shows for quite some time you've uh, heard her every week uh, on the audio version. And so now you, uh, if you didn't know what she looked like before, now you do. Let's see that pretty smiling face there. <laughs> She's like, what? Um, also, uh, check out Mega Toy Fan. Maximize your collection while minimizing your costs with megatoyfan.com. You can uh, find Mega Toy Fan at all the popular robot and toy conventions year round, uh, such as TFCon Canada and USA. Uh, coming up so if you have uh, a vintage figure that you are looking for hit up mega toy fan and i'm sure he can help you even if it's just a little missile it's like if you're if you're missing a gun off of a off of something other uh send uh, mega toy fan a message and i'm sure he can help you out with that so tonight's episode we're going to do a, uh, do something a little bit different uh if you notice uh we kind of got a uh, change up of the cast here. Um, the The idea of tonight's episode is that we're going to look at the uh, the fandom and the hobby uh, from those of us uh, who are fans that are under thirty. Uh, obviously, I don't fit in that category. I'm, I'm an old <laughs> man. I'm getting up there with Don and uh, and Brett. You know, even though uh, uh, you know, I, I don't recall uh, Barney Rubble and Fred Flintstone. Uh, and uh, and everything I'm sure they do, but you guys, uh, you're more of the Jetsons type, I guess. No, yes. I remember watching both, but then again, <laughs> we had like Boomerang and stuff like that. So <laughs> I remember like the old Looney Tunes cartoons with the the Wiley Coyote and and like none of that stuff was airing when I was alive, but they kept replaying it. So. <laughs> Well, it's all, it's all replays whenever I saw it too. Honestly. Right. But see, see, Dawn was there for, uh, before it was conceived, so you know, <laughs> he's probably just sitting there. I hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Dawn. Hope you're enjoying the night off, and 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 uh, Massey isn't attacking you right now. Oh, don't uh, wish that. Don't wish. Or- don't wish for a Massey attack. No, you don't wish for no Massey attack. You want Massey attack. You don't want him injured. Uh, 
Do we? Are you sure? <laughs> you want to cause bodily harm to Headmaster Don? What's he ever done Not to you? Not me. I want Massey to. <laughs> it's the <it's> stick. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, tonight we're going to be looking at the fandom and, uh, and the hobby of collecting Transformers and being a Transformers fan uh, from uh, people who uh, didn't grow up with the brand since day one. Uh, I remember the very first day uh, that Transformers aired and walking into the stores and seeing them for the very first time as the first time that they were on the shelf. Uh, you guys, uh, they've always been around. Um, so uh, let's start with uh, going from youngest to oldest and kind of kind of tell uh, tell each other uh, so let's just I'm trying to think of a, a good way to have, have this organically go and I guess we'll start out telling our age and then uh, your first memory of Transformers uh, Sergio I think you're the youngest uh, yeah I'll let you go first okay so <clears throat> I'm the youngest well I'm the youngest tonight yeah Jack's actually the, the youngest he's 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 under 20 still so <laughs> yeah yeah so I'm he can't 20. even drink no yeah <laughs> I can't either until August. <laughs> so I'm 20. And I think my first memory was seeing R.I.D. on Fox Kids, was it? On Saturday mornings. That was the earliest memory that I can think of. So your your first introduction was uh, basically Car Robots R.I.D. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was like four or five years old at the time. So they, were, not, they were trucks, not monkeys. No, no, I I was not fortunate enough to live during the era, or at least memorably. I was alive, but not enough, not old enough for me to actually remember when they had fur. When uh, the 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 Beast Wars era, huh? Yeah, because Beast Wars came out in what ninety six. Yeah, yeah. Ran through ran through two thousand, early yeah, early so two thousand one. I wasn't old enough to actually remember it. I probably could have. I could have seen it. I just probably just don't remember. Yeah, it just just uh, is before your your formative years. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be all kinds of terrible puns and jokes on age in this episode because, well, I've, I'm old and and I want to be young again. Yeah, I want to be young <laughs> again. But uh, that's me. I think you're the next youngest. Uh, Want to right. So I was born in 90, so that's going to make me 27, uh, which means that I would have been six when Beast Wars came out. And funny enough, that was the first show that I can remember watching, but I didn't know it as Transformers at the time. Um, I didn't know that that show that I was watching was in any way associated with something that I would fall in love with again in 2007. Oh, wow. uh, because when I in 2007, um, even though I had watched some of the shows leading up to it, like I had watched all the Armada series and Cybertron and stuff like that, um, I didn't really all associate it. I guess as a child, I didn't associate it all as the same franchise. And whenever I got into the movies, the live action movies, when they came out, I looked back and people were talking about Beast Wars and monkeys and stuff like that. And <laughs> I went back and I looked at the show and I said, oh, my God, I remember this. It was just like. Uh, like in a video game where the character just stops dead during you know during the headlights and then they do a scene and it's like and the entire scene <laughs> plays out before them I was like I remember all of this <laughs> it's like uh, well, so, is, 
it's like all the uh, the synapses started connecting again, and you're like, you <gasps> <laughs> breath moment of like, my childhood was a lie. <laughs> it's like all these things I thought were about animals, transforming animals, they're actually robots in disguise. <laughs> We we won't we won't talk about animorphs. Those are the things that people. <laughs> Does anybody own animorphs? I mean, Don, probably. If you Don probably the, does. Yes. If you own any of the Beast Wars mutants, you own uh, animorph outcast figures. Basically, they were they were supposed to be animorphs, and then they were released as Beast Wars figures. Hmm. Thanks for telling me that. Now I don't. Now I wish I'd never owned them before. <laughs> that, that's why they have the. That's why they have the. Uh, the little robot heads you flip up. They look like the yeah. aliens from Animorphs. Ah. See, I didn't even know that. Dropping this knowledge bomb on us. Yes. <laughs> I don't have any of them, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on who you ask. Well, you you kind of are our Beast Wars guru here, so. Because, I mean, you have a giant Predacon logo on your wall behind you. I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Michael, uh, um, I guess it's your turn now. My So, I'm 28, going to be 29 in two months. Um, my earliest memory is actually not Beast Wars. Um, <gasps> I remember... I remember seeing it was either commercials or it was G2 reruns. It may be both. Um, one was definitely a commercial. I remember seeing some G2 commercials. Um, and I can only remember bits and pieces of it, but they were. it was definitely... I definitely remember, like, Transformers. And then I remember one scene of Optimus Prime driving and being pushed down the hill, which... It was from the episode where I think what Motormaster pushed him down the hill. Uh, there was uh, you're probably thinking of uh, more than meets the eye part two at the end, uh, at the Ruby Crystal uh, Mines in Burma. Uh, there was an explosion. He was in truck mode and he rolled over the hill. I think yeah, those he, were redone for Generation Two. So he rolls like maybe a few times. Yeah. So that's actually my my earliest memory of Transformers, which ironically uh, was a redo of the very first three episodes so <laughs> so i i didn't know obviously i didn't really know what it was at the time but um when i then you know fast forward maybe a, a year or two uh, i saw beast wars on the shelf at walmart asked my grandmother to buy me the uh pterodactyl because i was a kid who loved animals and loved dinosaurs and so pterosaur became my first transformer and then i um started watching beast wars in the mornings before school because at that time every basically every air channel played cartoons before school and after school um and that's beast something wars played. i want to get into before <laughs> before too long yeah beast wars played every morning at 6 30 and i was in elementary school at the time so i woke up Every day at six thirty, and watch Beast Wars, no matter if it was a rerun or not. And that's really how I got into it. You know uh, that that reminds me. Even whenever I was a kid, 
uh, the television stations would do the same thing, even with G1. You know, you, uh, I would get up in the morning, and they would show newer episodes in the morning. Like, uh, it, whenever we were in late season three, uh, and even the, the season four stuff, uh, which was uh, the rebirth, uh, they showed all the new episodes in the morning, along with the new episodes of G.I. Joe. Uh, you know, and it was like, I remember... There was a few times that I was watching the cartoon in the morning and I was ready. I would get ready early, watch it, and the school bus would be pulling up. And I'm like, damn it, I can't see the rest of it. And I'd have to run out <laughs> to catch the school bus because I was inside watching my cartoons, you know. Uh, but then whenever I got home of an evening, they would show older episodes. They, uh, You'd see like Transformers, G.I. Joe. Uh, Silverhawks, uh, things like that. Uh, so yeah, we still had the the morning and afternoon cartoons, um, and I'm wanting to say they did that up through the early 2000s, wasn't it? Um, it Fox started. Uh, it started to to peter out around uh, Beast Machines, because um, I remember Beast Machines being only on on Saturdays. Um, and I didn't, like, I ended up not watching a lot of Beast Machines. One, because as a kid, I hated it. And two, as a kid, <gasps> as a kid, I would go out and play with my friends on Saturdays. So I didn't watch Saturday morning cartoons. So, um, yeah, I think it was around, and what was Beast Machines? Beast Machines was like 2000. Um, 2000, 2001-ish, yeah. So, yeah, it was it was around that time that they phased out the morning and afternoon cartoons and went to just Saturdays. And I think WB Kids did Friday afternoons um, for a little while there. But, you know, now kids have channels dedicated completely to cartoons. And we didn't really have that. And Netflix. <laughs> yeah, Netflix is, Netflix is a whole new beast now. It's like yeah. a la carte everything. I actually see uh, Netflix, Hulu, and uh, even PlayStation View. I mean, I, I'm I'm not doing it right now just to save money, but I love the a la carte type deal. I mean, it's like channels at your disposal, the ones you want, the ones you don't want, you don't have to have, you know. Um, but, you know, you, you bring up an interesting point. Back in the day, uh, the way we were fed cartoons was totally different than it is today. I mean, even kids younger than you guys, and, I, and I'm using the word, term kids for you guys. Now, maybe Jack might not remember, you know, the, the split schedules, uh, but, you know, we're, we're going to take time to dig on him because he's not here. So uh, what about you, Nat? As far as... The uh, cartoons, how, how do you remember seeing them? Was they, Were they... Um... Well, a lot of my earlier memories, again, are just kind of like snippets from a lot of shows. And I don't remember when I watched them. Um, I know that um, around 2000 is when we moved from our old house into our new house. And that probably would have been when I've got my own television in my own room. So um, everything else would have been down on the living room television before then. So that would have just been whenever the family let me watch TV. And after that, when we moved after 2010, that was when I was allowed to start spending like, um, summers by myself 
whenever school would break for summer, I didn't go to like daycare for the summer. I would be home all day and parents would be at work. So I would have everything to myself. Uh, and that's when I got into a lot of, a lot of Jerry stuff. So Spring. I got to watch the Olympics for the first time. Uh, <laughs> You sound, you sound like you were a very sheltered person there. <laughs> well, as far as like, um, it was it was just an experience for me to kind of be an adult to some degree because you know your parents were letting you stay home alone. That's a big deal. Um, and so I was like rather than hold parties or whatever, I'd watch TV. So I would watch cartoons and stuff. So that was that would have been the time I would have gotten into um, oh, what's it called? tsunami and everything else like so i'd have to be careful like at night to keep the tv really low i'd be like mom can i watch this show and she's like as long as you wake up in the morning for school so i, I was like sailor moon yeah. dragon ball yeah and really, like 11 p.m at night you were sneaking to watch cartoons and i was sneaking to watch showtime after hours well, they were also like Inuyasha and stuff like that. So, and they'd have the warning every hour. So, you know, those five minutes when the warning is like going, it's like, uh, I hope they don't walk in. <laughs> I don't think uh, I had, I didn't have cable until I got, became like in my late teens. I, I was, I was actually quite, um, uh, the, uh, the, I, I don't want to say, uh, the first word came to mind was it uh, was hacker, but it's not hacker. It's uh, um, what what I did as a early teen. I was probably thirteen or fourteen. We were in Kmart, and this is back when Kmart was like a thing, you know, uh, before they were actually closing down everyone around me. Um, but uh, my mom and I were in Kmart, and they had cable TV tuners, and we had cable TV in the living room. Uh, Mom and Dad didn't have a TV in their bedroom. I had this crappy little, uh, I want to say 12-inch old X computer monitor that I was using. I had my Nintendo hooked up to it. And I'm, and I, I, I got to studying the back of it, and I saw this cable tuner box at Kmart, and it was like 50 bucks. And I asked my mom, I'm like, Mom, can we get some cable and... Uh, and uh, some of these connectors, I know exactly what I need, and I will go outside and I will split it off myself. I did. I went out. I split it off myself. I had my dad drill a hole uh, through the floor of our uh, our trailer that we lived in, so I could. Uh, and ha I had him push the cable up. I split it off the main cable and brought it into my room, and with that cable box, I was able to watch cable TV in my room. But oh that gosh. was. That was like the day. That was like the day. You sound much more tech savvy than I was. I don't know how long. Um, once I got TV in my own room, I had a tiny little TV with the two knobs on the side of it, and you had to tune it with the two knobs, and it had mm -hmm. one on button. You had to pull the the thing. I don't know how many years I had that TV before I got a projection, like uh, like a twenty four inch or something like that. But I think I, I started off with like a twelve inch little tiny TV. And that it was just that kind of little <laughs> that little old TV. I had since uh, since I was probably thirteen, and I was playing Nintendo on it uh, up until, you know, I was in college. You know, I, it it had every Nintendo system that had ever been put out hooked up to it. Uh, and whenever I got married, 
that was our very first uh, first TV set. And it finally died on us like a month after we got married. <laughs> but uh, it the thing is, and, and, and I know we're digressing here and, and talking too much about television sets. No, let's but, keep talking about CRTs. I love CRTs. Yeah. Uh, it, it was one of those things that, uh, and, and it does relate to Transformers because uh, one of my, uh, the last hurrahs, you know, uh, like Generation 2 and everything, um, I was always, it was, I was getting to the age where uh, my mom would always say, okay, you know, you're too old to watch cartoons, uh, you know, let me watch what I want to watch. She wanted to watch her soaps and stuff of an evening. That's when my cartoons were on. And uh the the they say the necessity is a mother of invention and that is what spurned me to learn how to and 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 teach myself how to split the cable off and it's like i got to have my cartoons and eventually i got to have my nintendo so cuz they wouldn't let me hook it up to the main tv in the living room uh so and then that that led to my dad always telling me i look like a zombie cuz he walked by and my CRT was up on this shelf up above the end of my bed. And here I'm sitting on the end of my bed. I'm, i got my neck craned up, and I've got the, the glowy eyes. <laughs> you know? And he's like, you look like a zombie. But anyway. I'm... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Let's stop talking about TVs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sergio, your, uh, your thoughts on uh, catching TV, uh, Transformers on TV as a kid? Um, well, R.I.D. was on Saturday mornings, so that was on the weekends. So you and don't I, rem- you don't remember the uh, the morning and afternoon weekday cartoons? Oh, I was getting to that. Oh, um, yeah, because I remember R.I.D. was on in the on Saturdays, and Armada, which is it was after R.I.D. Right? If I remember correctly, yeah. Armada, yes. Yeah, it was on they Cartoon. they came. Yeah, it was on Cartoon Network around like five four p.m. and then on Saturday nights on Toonami, that's when they had the new episodes. But they would have the reruns during the week at like four or five p.m. That's yeah, what I remember watching. Something like that. Yeah, because Toonami was Toonami was the stuff back then because it would have like this. It would start at like around seven p.m. and then they'd be like, all right, well, there's two new episodes of Transformers Armada or one new episode, and then after that. It'd be like, you know, up next is Gundam Seed and Zoids and all these like mecha shows. And I just remember like that's what started my love for giant robots was that coupled with uh, the movie The Iron Giant. Those oh, helped. That's one of my favorite up. movies of all time. I know. It's amazing. I was so happy when uh, they released that collector's edition on Blu-ray and it was on uh, and, uh, Netflix. I love that movie. Zoids. Yeah, I remember Zoids too. Zoids was awesome. I used. I remember when they sold those kits at the store. <laughs> Nancy May holds up. A <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is what's been keeping me sane the past couple of years. Is a couple yeah, got a, of Zoids kits. I got a box of my brother's old like dusty Zoids down there. <laughs> I've been wanting to buy the newer ones because they look awesome. Yeah, cause it was like it was awesome and. Um, they also had like you know Dragon Ball Z and all this like different anime that they had. But I remember uh, I would convince my parents to let me stay up late on Saturday nights, and you would get like all the action packed like really good anime once midnight hit. That's when you get like the ones for like the teenagers. You know, you get your Cowboy Bebop, your Big O, Inuyasha. You get all those like adult 
or not adult, but you know, for the older edgy, fans. edgy and, anime. <laughs> yeah, only the edgy anime, and I was like, oh. Where they might stop. actually say shit or damn once in a while in it. <laughs> yeah, right. Like the first time <laughs> they'd be blood. like, "Damn, whoa, God, he said, he said a cuss word." <laughs> and then, yeah. So I just, man, I have so many fond memories of just Saturday nights, just waiting for because we had we didn't have cable until we moved to the new house, which was in two thousand, February of two thousand. And we got cable probably later that year. And there was one room, one TV in the living room and then one TV in my parents' room. And so I would be in the living room watching uh, cartoons. And then a couple years later, uh, when I was probably seven, eight, that's when we, I actually got a TV in my, my room. And the cool thing was, uh, since I had older cousins, uh, they'd get me hand-me-downs, and so I actually my first game console was the Sega Genesis, and I I still have it, and I still love it. Sweet. And that was what was connected to my TV. You know, and, uh, talking about uh, uh, Transformers and uh, and big robot uh, uh, animes and everything, it's like it was the same way for for G one fans like me. Um, you know, we had Transformers, we had GoBots, uh, Robotech, or Macross. Uh, you know, we had all these great shows. Uh, we didn't have Gundam back in the day, uh, but you know, we had all these uh, uh, Voltron, uh, all these great mecha shows uh, that are uh, some of them are making a comeback, like like Voltron, um, and it just just something about a giant robot from outer space uh, coming to Earth or people finding them in outer space just always had that that allure uh so uh, in that aspect um your upbringing wasn't too dissimilar from mine even though it was you know 20 some years later um so let's take this and go uh, go a different direction uh michael uh, what would you say uh your first uh exposure to the, to the toys and you said pterosaur was your first right mm-hmm. uh whenever you went into the stores what was it like to walk into the uh, toy stores we've said time and again on on here how as a as a g1 fan we could go onto the aisle and it was no joke transformers literally would take up either a half or an entire aisle now it's like a mm-hmm. four foot section or less uh so yeah you, you it, i know it's difficult to fathom but at one time this was true. I mean, you walk onto an aisle and it was all Transformers. And that was just, it was beautiful. But was it like that whenever you went in? Um, I'm trying to remember. Because I did most of my, you know, my toy shopping at a Walmart. And it wasn't too dissimilar from Walmarts now, except for it wasn't a super Walmart. And I know those still exist every in a few places, but I know they're rare. The hometown uh, markets that yeah, yeah. well, it's, it was basically no groceries. Yeah, right? um, department store only. Yeah, and so and they closed at nine o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it. I remember the sections being bigger than they are now, but I don't remember them being too much bigger. I mean, you have to remember that. Beast Wars was the second coming of Transformers, basically. It had died at that point. So they weren't exactly giving it, like, you know, 
premium space, but it got a pretty good amount of space um, because it hit it pretty big. But uh, I don't think it was too dissimilar from now. It, it probably maybe had like a 12-foot section instead of the three-foot section you have now, but... Um, <laughs> two pegs if we're lucky. Yeah. yeah. I, don't remember it, I don't remember it being too uh, drastically different. So you're uh, you're the oldest of out of the younger ones uh, on our on our cast. Uh, mm-hmm. So we are we've already established that by the time you remember them on the shelves, it wasn't too dissimilar from what we have now. Um, in your opinion, what, uh, well, let, let's just they let's were always go. better stocked. That's for sure. There was never empty pegs. Mm, yeah. Like, the, yeah, my friend and I talked about this. It was probably yeah. back when they still had back stock in stores. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let open up the floor to you guys since this episode is about uh, Transformers fans 30 and younger. Uh, what are the topics that you want to uh, to hit on? I'm not gonna I don't want to drive the uh, the entire discussion and have it all around. You know, the older fans looking at the younger fans. What do you guys want to talk about, Sergio? Well, I definitely want to mention our views on the the cartoon shows before our times so like g1 and i guess beast wars because I, I really wasn't old enough to remember it uh them the toys and how we view the toys i guess um and just like i guess how how i perceive the modern day fandom differently than the older fans because you know when you you know not trying to say this in a bad way but you know you've been in the game long enough to where your perception or thing of things are much different than mine when it comes to certain figures and certain lines and stuff. You know, like for you, collecting masterpiece, I can only assume is you know exactly what you saw as a kid in your head now yes. in toy form. Yes. And to me, since I didn't grow up with G One, I have a much different perception of those figures than somebody who did grow up with G One and the attachment to those figures too. Okay, and that's an excellent point because. Uh, um... I think what really spawned this episode is I I was uh, I was a few weeks back and I suggested this in our private group that we have to uh, organize the show. Um, I was looking through Jack's stuff and I saw he had a lot of G1 figures or he had G1 figures and he was listing some of his grails where to get some more G1 figures. And I said I thought it would be really interesting to ask why younger generations collect G1? Um, That's a good question. That is, that is I've always question. wondered yeah. that myself. <laughs> that, I, I mean, I've always just assumed that it's it's a dedication to the brand and, and supporting it in whatever way you can, even if it, at that point it's not going to Hasbro. Because I had a similar, back when I was collecting Zoids, I had a similar thing where I was... It was specifically when they were starting to phase the Zoids out of stores, so they were no longer continuing in America. And I was like, you know what? I, I gotta go back. I gotta find all these other Zoids that I missed. I gotta, you know, complete the collection. And so I went back and dug into the history and was like, I gotta, I gotta have this. So I can only assume it's the same thing for for newer Transformers fans. That it's something where if they happen to run out of newer things to collect or it doesn't appeal to them, maybe they go looking back. Well, mm-hmm. I, I got a question. Is it? Is there also uh, a part of you as as a fan and collector that wants to own a piece of what started it all is that is that does that play any role in your desire to have g1s 
I'm going to say, well, so for me, um, you know, I've basically been part of the fandom. You know, I never stopped being a Transformers fan. Like a lot of collectors have that section where they were, you know, they talk about, you know, I hit this age. The dark and then, years. <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, I had a like I, like me. I had a ten year span from the time I was like nineteen till. You know, I was almost, I was in my late 20s before I rediscovered Transformers. So, I I mean, I officially, I, I date my official start to collecting at um, R.I.D. Because that's when I got my first corner shelf and I, you know, put them up on the shelf. I would still take them down and transform them and play with them and stuff, but I would put them back up on the shelf. And that was around the time when I discovered... Uh, you know, Transformers Homage, Duran's old Pro Boards website. Um, that is ancient. <laughs> yeah, but we would hang out. You know, I would go and get on forums and talk Transformers with people. And so at the time, you know, there was Beast Wars and then there was G1. And I'm getting on Unicron.com looking at G1 figures. And I'm like, and, and the main influence <laughs> of the fandom is G1 fans. And they're all talking about how G1 is you know, amazing and stuff like that. And so as a, you know, very young fan, I thought, well, I got, I, ha I have to own some of these at some point. Um, and I convinced myself at one point that there was something I was missing and that G1 had to be far superior to Beast Wars. Um, and, that, and that was just because at the time, the common consensus. In, truck, in the not monkey. It, truck, not monkey. Um so, yeah, I, I would go and just look at... I can't tell you how many times I poured over the galleries on Unicron.com and looked at every single G1 figure um, and said, you know, I want that one. I can't wait to have that one and stuff like that. So, um, And I, I'm the type that has that sort of soft spot for, like, nostalgia or going back. Like, I played Fallout 3, and then I went and bought the original Fallout games to play them. So... I guess it is sort of that I wanted to have a piece of that history. I mean, I have, albeit rather small, but I have a collection of G1 figures. I have, like, when I saw this guy at Megacon, I had to buy him. He's freaking G1 Jetfire. Um, so, yeah, it definitely, it definitely was part of that, you know, I, I wanted to own something from every aspect of Transformers because Transformers is my hobby. Um, but I can't say that it inf like it influences me to maybe collect the entire G1 line. I definitely have, you know, no intentions of doing that, but I've owned a few like choice pieces that are sort of important. I own Optimus, I have Ultra Magnus, I have Jetfire, I have Predaking. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's my take on it. Um, that's where I'm coming from when it comes to collecting G1. And then, like, my interest in Masterpiece is more because these are just really good Transformers. <laughs> not not so much uh, as the character. It's just the really cool design and just good Transformer all around. Yeah, like, I mean, there is a little bit of a... Because the first, the first G1 thing I watched was uh, the movie... And there is a little bit of, like, I do have a little bit of connection to the movie because of that. I was very young at the time when I was watching it. So th that Megatron looks like 
the animation model straight out of the movie. I can put the pieces on him to make him look like he's damaged in the movie. It really, like, it does hit sort of a sweet spot of nostalgia for me. Like, I love this figure. Um, but, like, if I look at Wheeljack, and he looks exactly like Wheeljack did in the show, that doesn't necessarily do anything from me, or do anything for me, but the fact that it is a great Transformer toy is really where that sort of interest comes from. How, how do you feel on that, uh, Sergio? Why I buy you ones? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I guess, like what was mentioned earlier, was just having a piece of the original series. Like I think it's just so cool having something that I can say, "Oh, it's this is vintage," you know. It's and older than asks, older than I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because like I was thinking about this today, because I have a really weird obsession with the vintage Star Wars card backs, which is why I collect the 40th anniversary ones. And uh, I was really happy when they announced that the Vintage Collection is coming back, where it's like, it's like newer figures, but they're packaged like the older figures. And it made me think, I was like, wow, I wish Hasbro would do that for Transformers, you know, release modern figures in G1 styled packaging. So, I don't know. I just think so, it's cool. So that's have- something you do you do appreciate about G1 is that they had superior uh, superior top packaging. Uh, I wouldn't say superior, just. Well, I mean, in in that they. They had like the artwork, the bios. I think it's it's I think it's 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 iconic, is what I'm trying to say. You know, like when I, when I mentioned the the Star Wars uh, card backs, those are iconic. You know, when somebody thinks of Star Wars, you automatically think of those cards that you know were everywhere when the movie came out. And I think that's with G1. You know, those boxes were iconic. Mm-hmm. Not so much for me, but in the fandom in general. You know, if, if you're a fan of Transformers. And you collect the action figures. Someone holds up the G1 box. Everybody's going to recognize it, where it's from, and mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah, definitely. Because right? if you think about it, was like a few years ago. Um, it was quite. It was quite different. Like we had some very like just bland packaging, and like no one's going to remember that. I find you know go back to G1 and maybe even to Beast Wars and all these machines had very bland packaging. Yeah. You in had. My opinion very unique packaging that really sort of popped on the shelf and stuff. And they sort of, that, I feel like that, uh, that aspect of the, of the toys is lost on this generation. Like I I find them not to be that interesting anymore. Like I, I take it out of the box and I throw it away. So basically what you're saying is that, that you, you can kind of see why, G1 fans like myself love the packaging so much from G1 era, uh, and you see what's missing, but you don't really have that connection to it. You uh, you understand it, but you just don't have that same connection yeah, that, that so, I have I to it. The, the closest thing recently um, that has really been really nice packaging from Hasbro has been like the premium gift sets, and they've had those really nice art on the front of them. I mean that packaging is like I I, should, I need to keep this packaging. It's really nice, but uh, yeah, it's uh, well even where is it? I don't know. It's hiding around here. The, when they did the uh, Fall of Cybertron G two Bruticus, yes, I absolutely love that thing. The G two packaging, like I I have no real connection. Thank to you, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no real connection to G two, but that packaging is fantastic and like just. 
hundred percent like nineties. Like, like, just like yeah. Sergio said, iconic. It's, exactly. Yeah. It is iconic. And, uh, and so um, <coughs> when I started working at Rip, my boss is a very very serious collector, and I am extremely jealous of his collection. I'm, I'm really lucky to see it every now and then. And uh, he's what really, I guess, I don't want to say started, but he kind of added fuel to the fire. Uh, I have a really weird love of Diaclone. Unfortunately, it is extremely expensive, and I can, yeah. I don't think I'll ever own more than one piece. I don't have, have uh, any. <laughs> I, yeah, I, ha- I don't have any vintage Diaclones. I do have a ton of, like, their homages, you know, like, I have all the masterpiece, I, most of the masterpiece repaints. I think I'm I, I held. Jason handed me his Diaclone Grimlock, and he said, "Here, transform this." I'm like, "Are you crazy?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Uh, he he uh, he has like my boss is weird. He's got like three of the Diaclone. I think oh. it's the Joustra ones from France, the Thundercrackers. And he handed me the one. He's like, here, take a picture and post it in your Transformer groups. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. He's handing me like a $2,000 toy just to take yeah. pictures of. I was, <laughs> I was like, I sent the picture to my dad. I was like, dude, this, this thing costs more than my car. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, yeah, it was pretty hilarious. I was like, because I'm looking at his collection. I'm like, oh, I've never seen a G1 uh, Dinobot in per- or, you know, Grimlock in person. And he's like... And then I sit down on the couch, and he's like, here, transform him. And he hands me, he's like, that's the Diaclone one. I'm like, you're crazy. I'm not transforming He's like, if I break this, I can pay you back in five years. (laughs) Yeah. So I loved whenever I would go to TFCon and BotCon, and I think it was Artfire, that one vintage toy dealer. Man, his booth. Wow. Who, like a toy fan? Oh, man. No, this is a fan. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, you mean, uh, I am Ratchet. Uh, There's this other dude that I, I follow his Instagram, and he posts, man, he posts, uh, excuse the language, but a lot of toy porn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm always scrolling through his feed like, wow, this is some amazing stuff. But yeah. I just remember, like, I, I, I had my hands behind my back at TFCon because I was like, I'm not touching any of this. This is all worth, like, more than my house. This whole booth is worth more than my house. It, it was, I... I so it's just weird how, like, I have zero connection to these Diaclone toys. I was nowhere near born when they were out. I don't know why I like them so much. And I think it just ties back to where I just – I think it's cool to say that I have something that's vintage, you know? And that's the thing with me with Transformers or with Diaclone. I appreciate the history before they were known as Transformers. And to me, I just think it's, it's awesome that before they were Transformers, they were something else. I do like to go to people and say, you, got, you see this? This thing's two years older than me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I remember uh, my, my girlfriend at BotCon last year. Uh, she actually bought a complete vintage G1 Weirwolf. And, you know, she, she bought it simply because that's my favorite character, my favorite toy. And um, she wanted one of her own. And we got back to her place, and her daughter, who was 11 at the time, uh, she's like, she was looking at it. She was standing there holding it, and she's like, what's so special about this? And I said, well, uh, you know, it has a special meaning to me. It's, I, I love the character. I love the toy. I just, uh, I just like the way it's designed and everything. And then uh, she was sitting there holding it, and she just kind of like flailing it around in her hand. And I'm like, 
that thing is three times as old as you are. And she go, uh, she looked at me like, like, what do you mean? And I'm like, you're 11. That thing is like 33. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know? And so she she just kind of looked at it, and it just dawned on her. It's like, this thing is really, really old to, uh, by her standards. And to me, that that whole magic about it is completely foreign to me. I mean, I grew up with... You know, I was there from the beginning, so there's no Transformer technically that's older than I am, even the Diaclone, and that's scary, <laughs> you know. So um, just that that whole outlook on it is is totally foreign to me. I, I have no connect. I have no way to relate to looking at the toys in that form. Uh, what about you, Natsume? Uh About owning G ones, how do you feel? Well, it all comes back down to out of the out of the entire group of people who podcasts on on this. I think I'm probably the tamest collector, and part of that is because I don't have a lot to spend. Um, and especially since I haven't had internet, I haven't had a lot of ways to keep up with it. It's it's really tr- like toned down recently. Um, but I haven't had a reason to go back yet and buy something old because I haven't completed collecting what I was interested in the movies. There's still toys that I, that I want from the movies. And before I go back looking at that, I would have to finish collecting what I, what's kind of on my wish list like right now. And, and even that list is growing every year, depending on what comes out. So it's, I, I don't know if I'm, I, I would have to be making a ton of money to be able to catch up with, What's coming out now with my wish list that's been from the past decade, and then everything that came the twenty years before that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Natsume, you have a uh, you had an answer for uh, a, a listener question on here. Lotus Stark asks: uh, Do younger fans watching the movies today have the urge to go back and watch the G one cartoon series to see what uh, where this all started? Uh, an interesting answer. Uh, well, that's May. She said she had an inter- interesting answer too. So uh, we'll start with you, uh, ladies first. first. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So the most simple answer to the question is, I'm one of those people. Um, again, I told you guys I didn't remember Beast Wars until I had watched the films and I had associated that all of those shows that I'd watched beforehand and Armada and all that were all part of the same franchise. And that this was a long-running series that had a history. Um, so when the movies came out, that sparked my interest. I was like, you know, I really like this movie. I like these designs. I like these characters. And I want to know more about it. And I went on the forums. I went online. I learned about all this stuff and went back. So I've watched you one. I've, you know, I've rewatched Beast Wars. Uh, um, I haven't watched the Japanese shows. I haven't had the time because a lot of the times I don't. I, I'm. I listen to stuff. I can't sit there and read subtitles all the time. So. That, that makes it. That, I have to agree, or I have to admit, as much as I love the Headmaster series, I find it difficult to watch simply because I, I don't understand Japanese and I have to read the subtitles. And you miss so much going on the screen because you're like, uh, okay, uh, okay, uh, yeah, I, I just, oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I just can't, I can't do that, you know. So. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't finished because I own the uh, I own the Shout Factory releases of those, and I haven't finished them because of that. Because um, I like to turn stuff on and do something else while I'm watching it, and you just can't do that when it's uh, subtitled. Um, 
You just and hear, also, you just I hear see, Japanese you know, shouting in the background and occasional yeah. transformation sounds. <laughs> I'm also starting with, you know, illogically starting with Headmasters, and I just can't stand Daniel. It's terrible. <laughs> it's the worst character ever. So, Sergio, you say you uh, you had an interesting answer to this. Yeah. Um, so the f- I remember watching the G1 movie when I was, I'm going to say, eight. Because it was in 2004, was it? I don't remember if it was 2004 or 2006. The Sony BMG release? When they came uh, out, I remember having it on VHS. So I don't remember oh, which. Oh, yeah, it was the Rhino release. Yeah, yeah. I had that one. Because I remember at the beginning, they had like the ads for a gem in G.I. Joe. Yeah. But I think it was, yeah, it was the VHS. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I, was, I was born around the time where VHS was still a thing. Yeah. So I remember watching that. Because I remember it was around the time Armada came out. And then uh, I went, we went to Walmart one day. And... Uh, I saw the VHS tape and I like begged my dad. I was like, oh, buy it for me. And he's like, well, you watch it on TV already. I'm like, yeah, but when it's not on, I can just watch this. And I remember watch, going home and watching it and it was just amazing. But I had like no idea what it was because I was like, why do these Transformers look different from the ones on TV? I had no idea what G1 was. I had no idea what G1 was until I was like 13, 14 when I actually decided to Google history of Transformers and stuff like that. And uh, the funny thing is, my younger brother, who is now 14, but at the time he was, I want to say like 10 or 11, he, it was when uh, G1 was on Netflix. He watched the entirety of G1 on Netflix, which I have yet to do. I haven't seen G1 in its entirety just because <laughs> I, can't, I can't sit through it. It's just so cheesy, and it's just like I just can't sit through it. It's hard for me to sit through but it's, it. But you sat through R.I.D., and it's cheesier. <laughs> yeah, but I was like... Yeah, but it's anime. It's anime cheesy. It's different. It's anime cheesy. It's a different kind of cheese. Yeah, the anime cheesy is different from you know Power Glide riding a uh, carousel cheesy. But what about yeah Power Glide's heart man? Which I don't I don't blame you one because I mean like every '80s cartoon was basically cookie cutter. Like you had your villain who would announce his plan and then they would foil the plans and the next episode was the same thing, but it would take place in a different location every episode. It was the same plot over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be like watching this stuff, like the episode where they went to a planet where everybody was singing. I was like, oh, I can't watch this. Like, this is painful to watch. Oh, the carnage in C minor. Yeah. <laughs> it was so painful to watch. But you but didn't movie- like Soundwave and Galvatron flying along holding hands. You didn't like the giant devast- or da- giant broadside falling on Devastator. You didn't how, like, like the- Ultra Magnus picking up Hook and Scrapper and knocking them together like toys. <laughs> the cartoon was so much different from the movie. The movie is like it's got explosions and hair metal and '80s rock. I was like, this is this, this is so much different from the cartoon. Oh, but the instead of watching a much bigger budget, so, the soundtrack is great for the movie. Um, yeah. I have I have like prime I have. Amazon Prime, so uh, it's part of Prime Music for free. And I'll cue that thing up and just listen to it. So really, good. I didn't know it was free on there. Yeah, if you do Amazon Music, you can get uh, you can do the Prime uh, music as a bunch of free music, and it's part of it. You obviously can, you know, you can download it and everything, but when your Prime, if your Prime membership lapses, you you can't use it anymore. Yeah, I have Apple Music. It's the same thing. Once it expires, you can't listen to it. But I mean, it's like five bucks a month. 
So it's cheaper than paying a dollar ninety nine per song. So, so your view on the original cartoon is basically it's cheesy. Yeah, but I mean, like I said, I don't blame it for at the time of what it was, and you know, we all know it's no secret that the cartoon was made to sell toys. Mm-hmm. And that's what it did. The cartoon and, industry didn't blossom until really until 1990 with like Batman the animated series. Yeah, when they had like actual and character. Arts. They they proved that they could have storylines that were coherent. Coherent storylines <laughs> and sell toys. Children Dark would remember things from day to day. <laughs> yeah. So one day, I actually, I need. I've been telling myself that I need to watch it in its entirety soon because uh, now that. I think it's Shout is re-releasing Carnage in C minor. You weren't very far from the end of it. I I started it. Well, before that, I would watch random episodes, and then I actually started in chronological order. Uh, so I've seen stuff that's you know like in season four, but I haven't seen like the, I haven't seen it all in order, and I haven't seen all every episode. I, I it was really spotty from what I was watching because before I started to sit down like okay, I'm gonna watch it start to finish, I would just pick random episodes. I know, have to say there is cool. something about watching it in order and getting... I know that there are some continuity issues along the way. I'm not going to deny that there are continuity issues because there's technically two different uh, yep. ways of uh, the way Megatron was created. You know, like how the construct- season two just ends and then season three picks up and you don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, without seeing the movie, it's like completely lost. Uh, but uh, watching it, you know, if you start with More Than Meets the Eye, and then right after, uh, I think it's uh, Bot was the last season, last episode of season two, then watch the, the animated movie, and then watch Five Faces of Darkness starting, you know, season three. Just, I, I think it adds to a little bit more enjoyment, and you have a little bit more, a little bit more connection to how how the story flows uh, because yeah, they do refer, refer between to between the movie and then going into season three. I think that's the biggest like required order in the entire series is you you can't go from the end of season two to season three. You have to watch the movie because you'll be going, what it's, the hell? <laughs> yeah, you have to. It's just, it's such a, such a U-turn. Who the F is this Rodimus Prime guy? <laughs> I, and I have to admit, whenever, back in the 80s, uh, whenever the the animated movie came out, it was a limited release. It wasn't in theaters all around the country. Uh, you know, like you could just go see, you know, Age of Extinction in every single theater. Well, back, you know, the closest theater to me back in the day that were, was showing the 1986 movie was in in Miami over 90 miles away. Uh, so, uh, you know, my mom and dad wasn't going to take me, you know, an hour and a half away to see a cartoon movie. You know, so... And that's uh, back when it took movies like... Over Six years to come out on VHS. Yeah, it took it took a while. Well, you would get them on VHS or uh, well, I'm so old. They came out on Beta first, um, <laughs> and, and I'll be honest. The very first time that I saw uh, the '86 movie uh, was on Beta, and it was a really worn out copy of it. So some scenes were completely 
not watchable. You could hear it, but you couldn't watch it because uh, the, the magnetic tape had been worn out so much by other kids watching it that, it, uh, you know, it was a rental tape. So, I mean, so many other kids have watched it. I would just have to listen to it. I didn't actually see the entirety of the what, 86 it, movie. Was it Blockbuster or Family Video? It was... Uh, I think some fly. We still have a family video open around here. Wow. Really? Actually, yes. there's a family video uh, two blocks from where I live right now. Yeah. I uh, went, so I went to the Apple Store last week. Side story, and then on the way back, we passed by the family video, and like I had to do a double take. I was like, "Whoa, this place is still open." Yeah, but but I mean, I I actually experienced that. Uh, going from the end of season two and watching the beginning of season three without having seen the anim- animated movie first, so it I, I can say it was quite a shock. <laughs> yeah, Night Sword says I may not know what uh, what a rental is. Do you guys know what a rental is? It was before Redbox. Think of Redbox, but you could go into a store. <laughs> I can't tell you how big of an innovation it was when they would mail you the movies. Oh, wow. That's true. That's true. Oh, Netflix. Yeah. You signed up first and, you know, you'd uh, get a DVD and then uh, watch it and then send it off. A couple days later, here comes another one. But, um, yeah, I'm not that, we're not that young, man. We remember those days. <laughs> So, I remember it specifically because we went every time we went out to Blockbuster, which was once a week. I think it was on a Tuesday. We'd go out to Blockbuster and then we'd get ice cream at the same time, and then we'd go home. When I was young, my internet went digging, digging, digging. <laughs> so Please don't ever do that again. <laughs> I, that was for the audio listeners. <laughs> You've got mail. <laughs> exactly. You know what Netscape Navigator is. <laughs> I remember all those Angel Fire websites. Geo shitties. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually I think still exists, but J- uh, Japan bought yes. them. Yes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it still exists. I think I still have a website out there somewhere. <laughs> but um, uh, so, so let's move on beyond your view of Generation 1. Uh, what is also another thing that uh, that is important uh, to talk about? Sergio, you, you said you had several things. Yeah. Um, I'm going to this down. But, well, the one that I can think of right now is, because I was talking to my friend about this the other day, was uh, our favorite time to collect in the time that we have collected. And different people might have different opinions. You know, like, you might say G1, others might say Beast Wars and all like that. But to me, I think my favorite time to be a Transformers fan was from like 2008 to 2010. Those three years of 08, 09, and 10 were my favorite time to be a collector just because the product that we had and the amount of fans that we had. Like the movies brought a huge wave of fans. And it was great because, you know, we had a lot more people to talk about. Uh, about Transformers, people were, you know, asking questions and stuff. Uh, but, like, the product on the shelves, I just remember going to the store, and we had Revenge of the Fallen, Animated, and Universe 2 on the shelf all at the same time. And it would take up the entire shelf almost. And that was just amazing, walking into the store, and everything was full. 
you know, you might not find the latest wave every time you went, but it was full. Well, every peg was supposed to be full, but people, it, it's not so much that they weren't stocking them, it's that with Revenge of the Fallen and the first movie, they were going off the shelves so fast that you couldn't keep the pegs full. But yeah, I mean, I remember that that was the time period where the, the whole entire aisle was Transformers, and it was amazing. Yeah, like the, I remember in the first movie, I, the Target by my house had both sides of the aisle, and they had like those big displays and stuff. And it was just amazing, just seeing everything, walking there and seeing the pegs just full of Transformers. It was just like I wish I I could do that again. And unfortunately, it's not even just Transformers, but. It, just going to the stores, it's like it's all empty. It's, and it's not just Transformers. There's all other lines. You can barely find stuff on shelves now. But to me, that was my favorite time of collecting. And I wish I was older because at that time I was still – how old was that one? In 2009. I don't even remember. I was like, what, 12, 13? So I wasn't even oh, old enough to get a God, job. God, I'm so old. <laughs> I wasn't old enough to, to have a job. So the only thing I could buy Transformers with was you know allowance money – uh, I remember I used to mow the lawns for my neighbors and they'd give me like 10 bucks and that's what I would use to go to the stores and buy deluxes and stuff. So I wish that I could go back, you know, older with, you know, when I started working, when I started seriously collecting, because now that I look back, we had it really good around that time. So, we had so three you're basically saying the same thing now about figures seven to 10 years ago that G1 fans are, were saying about 10 or 15 years ago, I wish I could go back to when I was a kid and get uh, with the money that I have now and get the toys at the prices then, you know, because it was a smorgasbord wherever yeah. you went. You I, know, remember, I remember when... So some things change, but some things never change. Yeah, because yeah, I, mean, I think everyone feels that way. I've felt that way like cuz I can remember back when you know a deluxe was 9.99 and a basic figure was like 4.99 and it felt like um well, and back then that felt like a lot of money. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> but now it's like it's a whole day 4.99 for a figure that's about the size of a deluxe figure now, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not so much that, like, I mean, I think more, I enjoyed the community more than anything. You know, obviously, since since 2009 or 2008, social media has grown vastly, and it's a, the, the fandom evolves as social media evolves. But around that Hence time, especially... while we're here. <laughs> yeah, especially the YouTube community around that time. There were so many reviewers and so many personalities on YouTube that just made the fandom great. And there's a lot of them that don't even collect at all anymore. And a lot of people in person. Uh, I, so I'm part of the, the – there's like a group of Chicago Transformers fans that uh, meet up because of the TFW sightings board. And uh, I'm kind of newer to the group. And uh, they're, at the last meetup, they were just talking about uh, during that time the amount of people that would come to the meetups. It'd be like back then, they'd have maybe like 30 people show up to the meetup. And now there's like a handful of us, maybe five or six of us at a time. And a lot of them are saying, you know, people moved away or did they just stop collecting altogether? Well, I but feel like it, at that time period, it definitely was the uh, the hype 
of the movies that and it it brought in a lot of fans. Um, it brought back a lot of fans. But I feel and uh, I I was an admin of a message board, a small message board at the time, and I remember we had like a surge of like twenty new people. And this was a this is a really small message board, but um, then you roll forward about five years later, and not one of them was still there. Um, and it felt like you had this really huge, you know, peak, but then just this really huge decline, um, and to the point where we are now. We're back to about like how it felt in the. Uh, armada days where you know it was really more this small tight-knit well sort of you get you get people that they 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 fall for the hype and the nostalgia they get still a fan base yeah it's still a pretty big fan base yeah Uh, they they fall for the hype they fall for the nostalgia they go back and get the toys and and they may or may not have been a toy collector to begin with, but they, uh, you know, they go see like the Oh seven movie, the first giant spike, uh, in, in the uh, resurgence of fans, they see the Oh seven movie and, you know, they go home, they talk about it with their wife and kids and they're like, Oh man, back in the day I had this. And I, I remember that, you know, Optimus prime. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, it just brings back this flood of memories. And then they go on the internet, find, you know, these message boards, start talking to more people and, you know, they go out and start buying the toys. And eventually it gets to be where they're, they're buying hundreds of dollars worth of toys a month, even thousands of dollars. And their wife or kids are like, Daddy, why are you buying toys? And they fall away. You know, uh, now you, you've also got the people that that they get back into it and they're like us and they're in, in that they remember something that they once loved and they come back to it and they stay with it. It's not just a fad. Uh, I think that's that's a cycle that we're going through. We're, we just happen to be in a lull right now. Uh, we're getting ready to have a, another small spike, I'm sure, with uh, the last night coming out. Uh, but it's definitely getting smaller with yeah each with each movie. Well, it's, it's like the old not, Nightmare on Elm Street series. You know, it's like the more that they came out with, the more everybody didn't pay attention to them. You know, yeah, because Age of Extinction didn't really. Didn't really move. I feel like it didn't really move figures. Yeah, they marketed it very poorly in the U.S. Yeah, we saw the toys sit on the shelf for a long time, and I didn't really feel like it generated a whole lot of you know new interest in the franchise. Um, And unfortunately for our fandom, um, the movies are sort of a uh, a shock to sort of our maybe fading existence and, and not that this the fandom will ever fade but if you go back to something like back in uh in the armada days like to be a transformers collector was sort of like you know you came out of your dungeon every now and then and people were like what what you collect toys that's weird um <clears throat> And with like 2007 movie and the Revenge of the Fallen movie, 
and maybe even some of uh, you know Dark Side of the Moon. Suddenly, everyone was like, "Oh, awesome! I remember having all those as kids. All those as a kid." But it feels like we're going back into that transformer. People don't know that transformers collectors are a thing anymore. Like, I feel like we're back in that stage of existence, which was like the Armada Energon days of existence. Mm. Um, it's like, are you buying these for your kid? No, they're for me. Yeah. <laughs> I get that question all the time. You need a gift receipt? Nah. Except for now, at least, when I'm going to buy them, I'm not with my mom, and she's not like, oh, yeah, he has hundreds of them. <laughs> and I'm like... It's like, no, and you're like, no, I have hundreds of them. And they're in glass cases. <laughs> you say no. it with the deepest voice possible. Dusty no, I have. Oh, now, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean... That, now it's that, just like, like Sergio said, no, I don't need to get receipt. Yeah, right? <laughs> just like... Whatever you say, whatever you do, don't say it with this tone of voice. Yeah, I, I have hundreds of them and everything. You you want to come see them sometime? You know, actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I feel the person I'm buying this for doesn't have it. It's fine. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys read uh, that article that Maz posted last, earlier in the week, uh, speaking about the pros and cons of being a collector and. Uh, one of the cons that he mentioned was one that we touched upon before, which was, uh, except, I guess, are, is, is our hobby really socially acceptable? And that's one thing that I think can be uh, mentioned again is how my age versus, you know, Duran, when you were my age, mm-hmm. I guess the differences between how people viewed you versus how people view my, me. It's, it's very different because nowadays we have, you know, the geek culture is so mainstream now. Geek uh, chic. Yeah. It, it's so mainstream now. It's where most people, uh, when I talk to them and, you know, they ask me my hobbies and stuff and I'm like, oh, I collect transformers. Most of them right away, they're like, whoa, cool. Like you got pictures and stuff like that. Whereas, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you probably more often than not were like people were giving you weird looks. Yeah, I I, I, def, I definitely remember going on the toy aisle, and if you saw another adult collector picking up toys, it was kind of like that that like you acknowledge that they're there, but you didn't make eye contact. Uh, well, you didn't know a hundred percent that that they were a collector. You you, was, you <laughs> had to make the cues and kind of cue each other in slowly. Like yeah. you can't give too yeah. much away, so they can just automatically be like, "What are you doing?" It has to be kind of about <laughs> the only place that you could do that uh, without uh, without feeling fear of saying, "Are this is this person here uh, an actual collector, or are they buying for uh, for their kids?" About the only places you could. Uh, that you could get away with just going up and talking to somebody about about it would be like Toys R Us. I remember when the commemorative series reissues first came out, going into Toys R Us and seeing like Thundercracker and uh, and all of them on the shelf, and you go in and there's another adult standing there looking at them, and he's already got two or three in his hands and he's he's trying to decide which which is the third one that he wants or the fourth one that he wants. You you pretty much know this dude's like me, but whereas you're in like in like Walmart, you know you got that one guy's kind of like sifting through pegs. It's like, is he a collector or is he just looking for a specific one for his son? Yeah. Or you know, <laughs> you stand a few you stand a few pegs away and you flip through them too, and yeah. then someone <laughs> says, "I just can't find so and so," and you're like, "Yeah, me neither." <laughs> yeah. 
You should go check there. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm going to uh, address the white elephant in the room and feel free. If you, if you have anything harsh to say, then, uh, then say it, just, uh, just be open about it. What are your guys thoughts on the older generation than you, the us G one fans that's been around since the beginning? What, what do you feel about us? What's your viewpoint on us? Nat's mad. Uh, she she well, she looks like she's uh, something's on the end of her tongue. <laughs> so it was really interesting coming in in 2007 when the movie was a hit thing. You had a lot of fans that weren't necessarily happy about all these kids that were coming in and taking the fandom and and take taking Transformers in a different direction because they were what the movies were catering to. You know, the movies didn't look like G1. Um, and at that time, there was I felt like there was kind of a divide between the, the G1ers and they felt like all the movie kids were, were just a fad, which, uh, as we've talked about, some of them were. Um, but it felt like it was there was a divide there. And it was that way, I think, until like the third movie when it came to be kind of, well, these movies aren't stopping. We may as well just let them join us. And they're still here at this point. So six years later. So, and now, now we're at 10 years. So I I feel like now, especially ever since I joined TFYLP, I felt like that was a big, these guys aren't like, the vocal minority that were on the forums or, or wherever that would openly say the Bay movies are trash and we need to throw all the toys into fire and and we just need to forget about the past couple of years and all the money that it generated or whatever and and move on with our lives and go back to G1. That was the only good time was G1. <laughs> so it, you, you, the, and there are some of us like me. I mean, I picked up a movie figure. I did. I caved. I know I said I wouldn't, but I gave it a, cho- a chance, and I picked Everybody up. Everybody does that. I, I picked up Barricade, and he's okay, but I, I'm not so blown away that I'm like I got to get the rest of these. But I'll, it uh, wasn't Human Alliance. I, oops, sorry about that. Human Alliance Barricade, who has that pop out saw blade, and uh, and he has the little frenzy that I have to admit, Human Alliance chest. Barricade is pretty awesome. Um, I don't. I can't remember if I had the barricade. I think I always wanted barricade, but I think I never had them, and which was a shame. I, I still to this day, I've never hated the movie aesthetic. I had a lot of fun with the first two movies, seeing them in the theater. Um, even even with the first three movies, I think I, I had a lot of fun seeing them in the theater. Even though by the third one, I was sort of worn out, um, and collecting them even, but. Uh, I have always like Barricade. I've always loved his design. Um, <laughs> I'd, so like if they if they released a good like with this masterpiece line releasing from movies, if they released a good masterpiece Barricade, I would probably cave and buy. It. I might cave and buy the masterpiece movie stuff anyways, um, well, because you know I, th- I think it was in reply to something you said uh, on on the Facebook group. Uh, uh, Michael, uh, and for those of you who are listening, if you're not a member of the TFYLP Facebook group, you can join at facebook.com slash groups slash TFYLP. Find out uh, anything you want to know about TFYLP. Interact with the cast and crew as we post on our daily basis. We share uh, photos, 
uh, likes and dislikes and uh, and everything without uh, without any judgment uh, that you find in a lot of groups. Now, uh, and also latest episodes of TFYLP, we link to them on there too, and you can talk about them. Uh, also, going back to what I was saying, you know, Michael, I was I was telling you, you know, I don't hate the movie designs. It's just that I'm not a huge fan of them. I like certain designs. I do like Prime. Uh, he he is a he's different. He's very different from G1 uh, and pretty much any other Prime that we've got. But he has those certain visual cues that I enjoy. You know, he's got the Prime face and head, the antennas. He's got the primary colors that Optimus Prime should have: the red and the blue. Um, you know, and he's a truck. I have to admit, I've 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 pretty much digged every Optimus Prime uh, from the movies. Uh, Barricade is another that I love. Uh, uh, Bumblebee's okay. Uh, he's he's up there. Um, there and there's a few others that uh, that I like, but for the most part, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, I'm like Berserker uh, or Crankcase from the uh, I think it was Revenge of the Fallen. Crankcase uh, was the third one. Yeah, I. I Something about that just was very off-putting to me. I didn't care for that design. You know, you didn't like the twins from the uh, Matrix. N- no, uh, it's that's very off-putting to me. I, I still feel like that's what they were supposed to invoke, but yeah, yeah. That, were... There's something to like in there for everyone. Uh, there's something to like in the in, in the fandom for everyone. Um, you know, so. To, to hate on something just because it's not what you grew up with. It would be like uh, Michael being so hardcore Beast Wars that if if it was G1, it's crap. Or if it's anything after Beast Wars, it's crap. You know. The only thing that's crap is Energon. <laughs> no, that's not true. I liked several Energon figures. Bringing back an old <laughs> meme we had here. I'm As I say, I, I wonder if you guys still do that. And it just... We- it has- <laughs> we still we still knock on Energon. <laughs> it sucks. Um, <laughs> um so Sergio, what what's your viewpoint on the G1 uh, overlords as you say? <laughs> uh well, I've met, you know, very friendly open collectors and then at the same time I've met, you know, your G1ers that it's like, "Oh, I hate change. I hate anything past 87 uh it's oh man uh, it's gotten better i guess uh i i tend to associate myself with people who i get along with better i don't really i I just don't think it's fun speaking to people who as soon as you mention something that isn't g1 they automatically like no 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 i don't i don't like that i don't like it you know it's just there's so much of Transformers that outside of G1 that I can't – I don't understand how some people's nostalgia can be so, so big that they refuse to look outside of G1. Because there's a lot of wonderful things that Absolutely. are outside of G1. You know? And I think people should start opening their minds to these things. Well, it's the, and, same, it's the same as like you guys going back and opening your minds to G1 – toys and cartoons and everything you know it's it's the same exact same thing you know us g1 fans 
There are there's something I can honestly say in every single Transformers generation, there's at least one toy that I absolutely love. You know, I absolutely love. Um, you know, and there's nothing wrong with somebody who has not grown up with G1 going back and becoming a fan of particular characters or toys. You know, um, you know, I, I, which one of you uh, was it? Michael, was it you that uh, that liked Ultra Magnus? Was it Ultra Magnus or Shockwave? Shockwave or somebody you G1 character that's just one of your favorites. Oh, I mean, yeah, Ultra Magnus is all. I I have almost pulled the you know several times on the masterpiece Ultra Magnus because he is. One of my favorite characters, um, Not and right. I, I love the design. Like he's just, he's just kind of, he's cool. Mm-hmm. He was my first G one I owned as well, <laughs> but he's cool. Yeah, Night Swords uh, says alternately G whiners. Now, there's always <laughs> yeah. a bad, a bad apple in the bunch. I mean, you gotta. Truth be told, there's always those bad people. I mean, you uh, you go to like I said, the vocal minority. The vocal minority. Yeah. You'll go to a forum, a Facebook group, what have you. There's always going to be that one person that comes in. They hate it all. It's not what they like. And if you don't like what they like, then you're a piece of crap. Um, <laughs> yep. We we all know who they are. We all know them when we see them. I feel at this at this point, and I guess maybe this sort of transition into my thoughts. At this point, I feel like there might be three categories. To use uh, Night Sword's suggestions, there might be G1 fans, G1ers, and then G1ers. Um, because I, I know plenty of G1 fans. Like, I was very early internet. Um, like, again, I got on, you know, around the RID area, got onto the forums met Duran and I met several others who were already collecting and they made me realize this is I can collect transformers. And that's how I started. Um, and they were very supportive. Like there were several there who only cared about G one, but, uh, they didn't care that the, you know, I think at the time I was like, I don't know, 12, I think you were 12 the first time we met. Yeah. And, uh, Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> They didn't care that there was this little like this little kid there who wanted or who was all about Beast Wars that was like, oh, I, I collect Beast Wars and I want to talk Transformers and stuff like that. So they were very supportive G1 fans. And then I would say I would categorize, G, categorize G1ers as the ones who are like strict G1. They only collect G1, but they don't make you feel bad about not liking G1 by collecting something else. Because um, we all know them. They're like, I don't really like that stuff. But uh, it's great that you do. Keep collecting. Mm-hmm. And then you have the ones that are like, that are still to this day, Beast Wars was garbage. You know, it, you know, I can't stand it. Everything after G1 is terrible. Uh, and they make it a point to post that in every single thing. Like, you see it in the, when the Masterpiece Beast Wars figures were coming out. And, like, they had to make it a point to let everyone know that G1 was, or that, Beast Wars was garbage, and G1 was amazing. Um, so you still really... I feel like you have more... You know, There's more to it than just one or the other. You have several different categories of those fans. Um, and I think that's probably true for 
Well, I don't know if that's really true for all generations. I really feel like G1 is the I one. Think it's, I think it's G1 in the films just because they're the biggest chunks of the fandom. The films make sense. I, I can see a lot of people collecting just the movie figures. But other than that, I feel like there is the G1 is the fan base where they really sort of stick within that generation. I find like find most Beast Wars fans and older. Um, we sort of kept rolling with the new series. And so we had some of everything. Now, some of them, us like me, have hit points where it was getting way too hard to maintain that and you sell that junk off because you need space oh. <laughs> but it's still mm-hmm. you still sort of keep going with it and I feel like there are there are G1 collectors that they don't keep going with it but they are happy that there are still Transformers fans keeping it alive and that's that to me is fine I am perfectly fine with that you know, like what you like, collect what you like. Well, um, just don't make anyone feel bad about collecting something you don't like. You know, and, and you know, I don't mean to sound preachy, but you know, as a G one fan, and I'm getting older, and, and you know, there's there's going to be a point in time whenever I'll, I'll, I'll I know I've said it on the show before, but I'm going to feel like I want to stop collecting. I don't want to stop, and I, and I want to preface that by saying I don't want to be I don't want to stop being a fan. I'll never stop being a fan of Transformers. I have loved this brand since day one, day one, and I will love it till the day I die. Uh, but uh, I don't think that means that I will continue collecting for uh, for the until the end of days. I honestly yeah. don't see myself being 60, 70 years old still collecting Transformers. I'm not saying never say never, but I just don't see that happening. But one of the one of the goals of TFYLP and and I want this show to be not only entertaining but also insightful and informative, and uh, and carry on the brand and uh, as a as a brand and a family of collectors. You know, we we can all coexist and like what we like, and and, and appreciate each era of Transformers, be it G1, Beast Wars, Energon, uh, Bayverse, whatever you like. Uh, we, we, we can all coexist, and there's something to enjoy there for everyone. And as fans continuing this show, this podcast, I, I look at you guys. I see three faces and, and four with Jack, who's not on here. I see, uh, see three and four faces that if you guys stick with this show and continue it on for years to come, even after I may move on, you know, hopefully I'm still alive, <laughs> but <laughs> even after I move on, I'm hoping that TFYLP will continue through you guys by the culture of, uh, of informing one another and talking about what we're doing right now, talking about the hobby that we love, collecting Transformers, watching the TV series, playing the video games, uh, you know, appreciating the artwork on the packages, appreciating buying, buying T-shirts from RippedApparel.com. Um, you know, <laughs> um, 
there's so much out there for us to enjoy and and talk about. I know, uh, and and you guys know as uh, more than anybody that that doesn't know the day to day goings on of TFYLP. Sometimes it's really hard for us to come up with a topic because not because there's nothing to talk about, but because there's so much to talk about. What can we agree on to talk about? <laughs> you know, I mean, we're, we've got over 30 years of this franchise's history. And then actually more than that, if you include Diaclone uh, and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, so this is a fantastic brand. And I think it's something that even like Star Wars and uh, fans of uh, things like that, I don't think those fans even have what we have. There's so um, much different out there, yeah, and so much unity that can happen within that. Uh, that being a Transformers fan is probably the one one of the most wonderful things in that you can be in in in, in this life, in my opinion. Our fandom is very different from others. Uh, I'm in several forums and Facebook groups for Star Wars collectors and. Uh, other types of collectors, like the Gundam model kits and stuff, the the culture in those fandoms are very different from Transformers. Uh, when you go to Star Wars, I'd say the grand majority are sealed on card vintage collectors, and whereas in Transformers, I noticed that the grand majority of fans open their figures. Well, and, and I, I, I think that's I think that's largely because um, I think uh, Sid Beckett said this in a, in a forum on Facebook once uh, here recently. Um, he said that uh, Transformer fans tend to open their toys a lot more uh, as opposed to say GI Joe collectors or uh, any other type of collectors simply because the product is intended to be so tactile. Uh, you know, what you see in the package in robot form or vehicle form is not all that that toy has to offer. You can sit there and look at an action figure like a Joe. Okay, you know he's going to bend his arm. You know he's going to be able to turn his head, but he doesn't do much more than that. Whereas a Transformer, you can take it out of the package and it totally changes forms. You know, this makes me wonder if Hasbro could double the amount of money they make by selling it in the box and both ways, oh, I, I would I would dare to say that if they marketed Transformers where you could buy it uh, sealed uh, or uh, buy it in a robot form and in a vehicle form, there are people out there that would do it well, just they, because. They've sort of done that in the past where case revisions, or not even case revisions, but they would release a figure later and, and two waves later, and instead of packaging it in robot mode... Suddenly, it's packaged in vehicle mode, and I wonder how well that did for them. Well, if you they notice too, if you notice also, uh, Hasbro tip, uh, typically, if it comes out in robot form or or vehicle form, the Takara Legends or Takara version of it so, usually comes out packaged in the opposite mode. Hmm. Not always, but but, but it does sometimes. It's uh, for example, uh, the Titan Returns Brainstorm comes packaged in robot mode. But if you get the uh, Takara Legends Brainstorm, it's packaged in vehicle form. Different paint apps, different looks. You know I, mean? I wish it wasn't too expensive in the American 
you know, markets to do clamshell packaging, or not so much clamshell, but the shells that are inside the box. A lot of the G1 or a lot of the Japanese figures have. It's so nice to be able to have those boxes and be able to put them back in and close that shell around it, mm-hmm. and then stick it back on the shelf and like still enjoy it, and, and still enjoy it in the package, yet be able to yeah. take it out and mess with it if you want to. Yeah, I, I very much would enjoy that with my with my figures. But you know, like we were, like he was saying, with how the the thing I've always found amazing about the Transformers uh, fandom, or in collectors in general, and I don't feel like it's it's not a common thing in other fandoms, is just the fact that we can support a third party uh, market. For third-party transformers, I don't in think addition, any other in addition has to one. the uh, the the official ones. Yeah, is there any other? Uh, that I know do that? that there's a small uh, TMNT third-party uh, market. Uh, I, I've been seeing, I've seen a Krang and a Shredder. Already. I think there was a third-party like Macross figure that just released, but I feel like that sort of falls into the same realm um, as. Transformers. Um, well, I don't think there's one that's the same scale. No, as Transformers. I, I no, definitely. I don't not. think so. I don't really think so. Um, and Transformers really lends to that uh, simply because in, within Transformers, there's also so many different aesthetics you can cater to. You have the 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 third party companies and official that will either cater to the toy aesthetic. Or the the animation aesthetic, or both, or somewhere in between. There's even a third party company out, uh, or a couple third party companies out there that maintain the what in the holy hell? Ah, yeah. <laughs> At first, I thought that was a really big kickback with those wings up there. I love this. It's my. This is the first third party figure I bought for myself. Uh, Beast Guerrera. It's awesome. The perfect effects, uh, Beast Guerrera. Oh, um, so racist! So racist great. name. <laughs> um, but you've you've also got the uh, the third parties out there that do like the Fall of Cybertron, War for Cybertron, video game aesthetic. You know, the, you got uh, uh, the Planet X that did all the Dinobots in the Fall of Cybertron aesthetic. You know, that's I phenomenal. Have had to hold myself back because I really want that Trypticon. I don't want to spend $300. <laughs> I've held it in hand. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts the whole. Yeah, it's. I've seen it in hand too and it's, it, it is it's gorgeous but very spiky. <laughs> um, what, uh, let's kind of wrap this up here, guys. What, what are your final thoughts? Uh, any other key points that you would like to look at or talk about real quick? As younger fans in the fandom, um, you're gonna have to repeat that. I was chatting on the uh, YouTube chat. Uh, uh, wrapping it up, what are some uh, some important things that you would like to uh, to point out as being a younger fan in the Transformers fandom? Hmm. As a viewpoint, or something that you notice that maybe us older collectors don't notice. Uh, well, I think we've reached the point where the passing of the torch is now a thing, you know, uh, 
<laughs> I, I feel bad. I made uh, Aaron Archer feel old <laughs> at a convention when I was like, yeah, you know, you, when you were designing Armada, I was like seven and now I'm in college. And, uh, but I, I really think, you know, the title of this episode, what did you say? The next generation. And that's, mm-hmm. it's true. It's, it's going to be up to Mike, our kids. You know, it's going to be up to us to keep the fandom going and to keep the, the brand alive, really. Because this was something that concerned me with the last night release was we just, the amount of stuff that is at retail is very little. The amount of real estate that we're getting is very little. Uh, so I think it's really up to <coughs> younger fans to uh, bring in the newer generations. Well, be this, yeah, I think at the same time with the whole you know retail being so understocked, at the same time, online retail is bigger than ever. And I think that's oh, yeah. really the big thing that's that's killing it. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's an inverse um, relationship where one goes up and one only goes down because the other one is doing so well. And that's, and that's, I think that's largely in part because it's so difficult to find the toys that you want at retail anymore. If you find one, you're like, oh, wow, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel lucky that I found this, but I got it online a month ago. You know, <laughs> well, there, there's going to come a time where, you know, how we we reminisce about Blockbuster. There's going to be a time where we reminisce about toy aisles. Yeah. There's going to be a time in the future where the only way to get a specific toy will be online. Mm-hmm. The way that we look at movies nowadays. Well, like already the there are them. online exclusives only, you know. I mean, you can't find it in brick and mortar. You can get it online only. Third party right. items. Unless you live somewhere like Louisville, where you can go to a store and buy third-party products on a shelf at a particular store, the zone uh, in in Louisville, Kentucky, by the way, um, or Japan. <laughs> yeah, you you can't just go into a brick and mortar and buy a third-party toy, but that's an entirely online market, pretty much. You right, know, and so. I can I can see the toys and brick and mortar stores changing so that, for instance. They sell toys in movie theaters now. Really? They all, yeah. I have not seen this yet. At That's least in genius. the movie theaters near me. Um, but yeah, basically genius. as you're going up to the concession stand, you know how sometimes they'll have the food right next to you, like the, the little candy and the packaging and stuff? The last time I went in there, they had um, like pop figures and I think action figures from like the Power Ranger movie and stuff like that. And that's a way for the movie theater to make money, and it's a way for the parents, you know, to to for those whiny kids or whatever, be able to take care of them for the movie. Uh, those damn pops <laughs> brought so many action figure collectors. Well, um, so what I'm getting at is, I I could definitely see like the toy market becoming a lot more localized i guess would be the word in in brick and mortar stores yeah. or in just real life buildings in general and i think that i think that we might see somebody's beating on their take keyboard take up a lot less time <laughs> so yes very loudly <laughs> yeah like Sorry. how how we're used to a wave being on the shelf for for months at a time i could see a store only carrying, say, the movie theater toys for like one month that the movie, like, you know, thir- 15 days before the movie comes out, 15 days after the movie comes out. And then that movie is gone, and then that shelf space gets turned onto another movie or something else, some other yeah. toys. It, so I'm going to school right now for like marketing and stuff. That's what I'm focusing on. 
And that's something that I've noticed is how the toy industry needs to really change the way that they're marketing these toys as a kid uh, to the kids. Because uh, I've noticed like my my youngest brother, who is three, he likes to watch uh, rescue bots on my mom's iPad. And I've bought him a couple of like the one steps. And so like he watches it on the iPad. And while he's watching it, he plays with the toys and recreates the scenes. And I noticed for like the older, like round 10, a lot of them are playing these apps now, you know, like the Forge to Fight, your Clash of Clans and stuff like that. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've been, I think the new, there's a new app, not Forge to Fight, but I think there's another Transformers app that's coming out. And I think in that one, if you buy the toy, you can scan it and then it. it well, RID has that. It's, yeah, the, the entire RID line has had that. Yeah, yeah, so 2. like 0, the 2.0 line. Yeah, they should really push that. Yeah, you can scan that. They have the little barcodes. Let's see, showing right now with the Minicon there, they have the little like proprietary QR code. <coughs> yeah, and, and like that's something in. that they should like heavily market to kids. It's like, hey, if you want these cool characters in your game, you got to buy the toys. Yeah, you can't unlock them any other way but so, except yeah. having the toy. They so, have, to Amiibos. <laughs> they have yeah. tried that. It goes for as far back as uh, Bot Shots, I think. Had Shots a, did it. Um, I yeah, just don't. That was an only it. online game, right? Like, an, yeah, like, I don't think they've ever been that successful, though. I, I think, think if you well, I think it, part of it. Yeah, I was gonna say a lot of it is because they're still they're still selling the toys and then the game is just a tack on i think yeah. in the same way they need to make the game its own thing and then the people who are interested in the game and say i want more out of this game can go and buy the toy whereas they're selling the toys and then saying hey you can play this game and it uh your character is on that game yeah yeah or like you know what if in the game they had like a checklist or something you know where it's like hey here are the toys that are out right now and then the kids could enter the toys that they have and they could have a wish list of toys and announce the kids, you know, like have a little pop up like, hey, this toy's coming out soon. And you know, that would like, even be great for collectors. Yeah. So we wouldn't yeah. have to create lists. It would like, like pop up like, hey, this toy is available now. Go to stores now, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. check so it out. Now really is, I, I think the market, because I think just in general, toys for kids is a dying thing. Like kids just don't play with toys. They they have access to iPads and stuff like that. And so phys- like toys just not much of a thing anymore. Um and I think that's why if you look back to two thousand seven, uh we had this we had classics and it was like 13 figures that they sort of threw out and said this is sort of our collector's line and then they ended it and it was like all right we're going we're going on to the movie uh you know and we'll we'll think about revisiting this later um and then they you know they progressively started giving us more of that but if you look at the the current transformers product as opposed to 10 years ago Titan Returns, I argue, is not for kids. Titan's Returns is centered around the collector market, and it's their largest line right now. Yeah, and kids, I think kids aren't going to know who Trigger Happy is. Yeah, I think the shift has really went over to the collector. There used to be that whole thing that 
you know, Hasbro didn't focus on the collector because it was such a small market and they wouldn't make any money. And I feel like it's not as true as it once was. Um, but I imagine there's still quite a few kids playing with Well, at toys, the, it's come it to the point like now, I, I think, with like the Titan Returns, and it, it really started with uh, Generations and Combiner Wars, in my opinion. Uh, with bringing back the classic characters in newer designs or updated designs that are faithful to the original design, but they, you know, they're more poseable, and it's undeniably that character, like Trigger Happy. It's like undeniably Trigger Happy. Um, Brainstorm is undeniably Brainstorm. Hardhead is undeniably Hardhead. Um, but I think that. Uh, and I, I'm losing my train of thought here. <laughs> astro train of thought. <laughs> yeah, my astro train of thought transformed and flew itself into space. Um, the, uh, I think that... What, uh, oh, 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 yeah, I remember. Um, basically, with all these classic characters being updated and everything, it's to a point now where the brand is what... And, and it can be summed up as what was once old is now new again. Because, yeah, there are uh, people out there. I mean, you got you older fans, like myself, that, <laughs> yeah, and Don and Brett. You know, we know who Seacon uh, Overbite is. You know, and if they come out in the next Transformers line with the Seacons, we know who that character is and we're going to clamor for it. But then there's a whole new generation out there that has no idea who Overbite is, the Seacon Overbite is. They've never heard of it, but they see it, they like it. It's something totally new to them. You know, it's it's like what is, is old he is the one new that again. wasn't included in God Neptune? Yeah. No, actually he was in God Neptune. The one that uh, uh, we, the one the one that's not in God Neptune was uh not a later. Not a later, yeah. yeah. See, we we were talking about that on the pre show where I was mentioning how I had I don't care about pretenders, which is why I sold my subscription ones. Because it's you know it's, it's stuff like that where you know when you get those homages in the Titans Return line, it's like kids nowadays aren't going to know who you know your trigger happy is. They're not going to know who. But if know, they uh, but if they uh, see it and like it, they'll want it. Yeah, you know? and so it's I think like you mentioned earlier, where they're starting to realize that the collector market is a legitimate demographic. Uh, I think it's now a battle. It's an uphill battle where they're trying to cater to both, and it's just hard to please everyone around. Well, there you can you can connect with both the collector and the non-collector. You know, the kids, because the kids are going to see a toy, and like we did as as younger kids, you know, we bought toys because we liked it. We saw it on a cartoon, read about it, read the character in a comic book. Or in my case, Weird Wolf, his only characterization really uh, was was on the bio card on the back of his box, and I fell in love with his bio on the back of his box, you know, and I connected with that character, you know, uh, that uh, that toy sold me. I, there wasn't a Weird Wolf prior to Weird Wolf in Generation One; it was something new to me, just like the Weird Wolf that's on the shelf now in Titan Returns is new to kids today. 
they they're not aware of any weird wolf that came prior. They just like and it because that's will a, because now he's Wolfwire. Well, I, I don't care what you call it; he's still Weird Wolf. But they they like it because that's that's a cool looking robot that turns into a funky yellow wolf. You know, so you know, and something might click in some kid's head. I really like that toy. You know, and if if they become a, a huge fan of Transformers, start looking into the history of it and discover that there's a Botcon Weird Wolf, a third party Weird Wolf, a Generation One Weird Wolf. You know, there's they realize that there's more out there to discover in this brand. You know, uh, so I, that's why I'm saying, you know, there for years it was said that Hasbro was always saying, you know. We're not going to cater to the collector's market. We're not going to come out with these. Uh, we're not going to revisit Generation 1 because kids today don't know who Soundwave is. They're not going to buy a little square box that puts out little square boxes. you know. <laughs> but if you make a design cool enough and market that toy in a proper way, like Generation 1 did with that entire line, kids are one going to buy it regardless of whether or not they know what the hell it is. Look at yeah. season three of Transformers. Half those toys were based on unrealistic vehicles and, uh, and, and creatures, yet they sold like hotcakes. Something about that. We have commercials now. We yeah. need commercials back. I haven't seen a commercial in. Whew. Well, it's because there was that whole... Uh, wasn't there like legislation on marketing to children or something like that? It's sort of why the toy commercial died. Um, I still see toy commercials. I just don't see Transformers commercials. Yeah, Transformers yeah, commercials see- pretty much just online only anymore. I mean, once in a while, I guess if you have like like Cartoon Network or something other, or 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 the Discovery Ch- uh, Kids Channel, which used to be the Hasbro. But I feel like even Cartoon Network, it's like every commercial is free. Three payments of nineteen ninety nine. You can have comfy pillow. Woo! <laughs> it smells like strawberries. <laughs> but you know, I think that'll wrap us up this evening uh, for this topic. Um, I want to throw this out there. Uh, if you are a fan of this show and you're like under thirty, and you happen to live in another country, you know, and you speak good English and you lo- you love Transformers and you uh, you want to be a part of this show. Uh, toss us a line on uh, on our Facebook group on facebook.com slash group slash TFYLP. Uh, we're looking for someone to join the cast uh, from uh, outside the United States um, and even outside Canada. Uh, but be aware that we do broadcast live here in the United States at 8 p.m. Eastern. So the time, there may be a huge time difference for you. Um, just be aware of that. But we're interested uh, in adding to our, our cast of... Uh, uh, our menagerie. Yeah, our, our, our menagerie. Um, but we are a ragtag cast. We don't always get along with one another. Uh, and it is very difficult uh, to to produce this show, even behind the scenes, uh, coming up with topics and agreeing on topics and and, and things like that. Uh, it's a lot of hard work. Don't think you can just get, hop on here once a week and think, you know, it's all going to be a bed of roses. Uh be prepared to work, people. <laughs> but uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you want to be a part of TFYLP, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you guys have anything closing you want to say? It's good to be back. Yes. Welcome back, Natsume. Yay! It's good to have you back. It Thank is. you, guys. 
It is. You were missed, sorely missed. Amber's sorely missed. I, I, I wish he would come back too. Um, and we've got a lot of cast members that would love to come back. Um, yeah, Tobias, we'd love to hear from you again. I know, I know you're out there somewhere. And uh, I am Unicron. Where's he at? Where are you at? Yeah, bro? what happened to him? Uh, you do, buddy. Yeah. We miss you. Yes. <laughs> um, Sergio, you have any closing thoughts? Uh, just keep collecting. Keep the hobby alive. Absolutely. Uh, again, if you have any thoughts along these lines uh, from the under 30 perspective, let us know. You can tweet us at our uh, Twitter account, at TFYLP. Uh, you can also contact us on our Facebook group, as we mentioned earlier. Um, you know, and also check out our Patreon down there on the bottom of the screen, patreon.com slash TFYLP. Help us keep the lights on. Well, I think that'll wrap us up this week for Sergio, returning Natsume, welcome back, and Michael Swift. We will see you next time on TFYLP. Good night, everybody. This has been Transformers for your listening pleasure, a presentation of tftalk.net. We'd like to thank you for listening and ask that you please rate us on your favorite podcast outlet and share us with your friends. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at TFYLP. Email us at podcast at TFYLP.com. This is Paul Lighting, and on behalf of TFYLP, we'd like to thank you again for listening. And we hope you'll join us next time for another... T-F-Y-L-P. <laughs> ha ha ha!